0: U.S. Bank credit cards were designed
1: to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association, N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
0: We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. UFC 230, Daniel, D.C. Cormier, the still, for now, champ champ until John Jones takes on Alex Gustafson. And you know what? Don't, go, don't get me started there because we have to talk about D- D.C. taking on Hotballs, Derek the Black Beast Lewis, heavyweight championship on the line at Madison Square Garden. We're here to break it down for your DraftKings contest. I am your host the Daily Fantasy Sniper, the analyst for this podcast, Joe Sun Tzu, Chris at Olsen on Twitter. Chris, we'll start with you this week. How are you doing? Are you as excited for this card as I know Joe and I are?
2: I'm very excited I know why you guys are excited which I'm sure you'll get to in a second but I I think uh I think there's a lot of really fun matchups here and even the fights that are kind of like uh you know uh either going to be big brawls or like end in the first round those are even kind of intriguing to me a little bit so uh, a fun card I think all around
1: dude you look like you'd get carded buying cigarettes right now how long did it take you to shave that Oh, man, it's, uh, you know, it's the wow. new me. I, I,
2: didn't, I, didn't I, I didn't have a great week last week, so yeah. I feel, you know, like, superstition. Shave yeah. the beard, it comes off. And- I mean,
1: you're, you're, not, you're not quite as bad as Buddha. You're not quite as bad as Buddha who gets carded when he sits in an exit row. You yeah, have this to be is what we were talking
0: about last week, Joe, when we were, everyone was on you for the facial hair. I know, and I shaved.
1: I shaved. I yeah. just
0: trim my beard, call it a day. But, Joe, you and I will be there, UFC 230, I'm I'm pumped. I'll, we're gonna be there well before the um, first fight, taking everything mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. tweeting all that stuff out. Are you? I mean, you have to be as excited as I am.
1: Oh, I'm fucking psyched. So Sean and I are are gonna be living the sweet life tomorrow. So we we got a we got a hookup. Thank you, DraftKings, um, to uh, to go to this event at MSG, uh, and we will be uh, meeting some dignitaries and uh, you know uh, DFS legends. Um, I don't know all of the attendees yet. I know a few. Uh, we will be uh, tweeting live from MSG. And I, you know, look, I, I know my good friend Mike. Uh, he'd rather be cage side. I, I like the sweet life. Maybe just because I'm a bit older, but I like living the sweet life.
0: You know, it's it's part of it. Wants me to be cage side. Part of it. there's pros and cons to both. Mm-hmm. DraftKings hooked us up. I'm not going to complain one bit. We're going to go and enjoy the event. Um, you know what, before we get into this card for DraftKings, I want to mention our sponsor, Rotowire. Rotowire.com slash free. Check out all their usually paid content, 10 days, no credit card required, season long, all sports, daily fantasy, all sports, optimizers, articles, all the good stuff. Go check it out. Rotowire. Uh, Rotowire MMA is the podcast feed we're on on iTunes. Also subscribe to the Rotowire YouTube channel, which hopefully you're watching this live. If you're not and you're listening after the fact, either on YouTube or iTunes, make sure and subscribe. We go live Friday nights, ask us some questions. I haven't popped over to chat yet, but it's usually popping um, with some good questions and or just people ragging on each other. Generally a good time. So thanks, everybody who follows those, should like those videos, subscribe, um, like those videos, subscribe, share them, you know, trying to get to grow this thing as big as we can. And with that being said, let's start... I want to start with a slate overview this week. We didn't even talk about this pre, but this is an interesting slate to me in that there are a lot of really wide lines. Personally, I don't think there's a lot of value for cash games as in like, I know there's a lot of There's not many dogs I'm expecting to win or I'm picking to win, but there are tons who are live and that makes it an interesting GPP card for me and how I'm going to approach. I'm still going to play cash, but not a lot of dogs in picking to win with these big lines, but there are plenty who are live and we'll get to them along the way. Chris, is there anything other than that that stands out to you about this card as a whole before we dig into the, the individual fights?
2: I No, I would pretty much agree. I would say a lot of this card is either comprised of big favorites who I think should win or, um, like you said, dogs that probably won't but are live. So, I mean, there aren't a lot of dogs I love this week, but there are definitely a couple that you know, I'm I'm keeping my eye on and the prices kind of uh, so you know we'll get into that, but uh, yeah, overall I think I think
1: it's definitely a uh, a better GPP card as you said. Joe, how about for you? Well, I mean, I didn't play cash last week because I thought it was a GPP card, and I knocked on the door. I finished eleventh in the uh, in the ten dollar, but you know how that how the you know how the money falls off after the first couple of spots. So I think that was maybe three hundred bucks. For, for 10, which isn't bad, but, um, you know, wasn't what I was hoping for. I think this week is even more of a GPP card. I will, again, for the second week in a row, not be playing any cash. I will be uh, exclusively playing uh, GPPs. I'm a little disappointed in the prize pool, you know, given that it's a pay-per-view card. Um, I, I get that it's not 229. We we sold out the $10, though, in 229 hours before the the card, you know, lineups locked, and we had a hundred thousand dollar first prize in the ten. Here we have twenty five, which is better than you know UFC Moncton, but I mean, I, I would have thought we could have gotten a little better. But you know, look, you, you play what you get dealt. Um, I think on paper this is an interesting card. I don't think it's gonna. It's nearly as good as the Toronto card, which I'm really looking forward to. UFC two thirty one, which just looks absolutely stacked. There are a lot of high dollar line favorites here which is a little worrisome um you know you're going to have to find the right dogs um you know could be some significantly high scores um but you know we'll see how that plays out but it is a gpp card
0: uh, before we dig into the fights i jumped over to t- to chat and we have somebody in here dave lb who i see every week telling me that he's the one who took down the uh, $15,000 prize last week
1: Oh, yeah. Congratulations, so, bro. I, I did see your name on – I didn't know who you were, but I did see your name on the top there. Wait, well, so, well done. Well congrats.
0: done. Congrats. It looks like he had – I think he put, just shared his lineup here. Uh, Serkinov, Cater, Sukumta, Strickland, Smith, and Madge.
1: Did he tie so, or did he take it down um, – I think
2: he, I thought I
0: one of the, I one I think he took it down. He took it down um, solo. So big congrats to Dave. I've been messaging him in, in chat. If you can go into your recent contest, take that a screenshot and send it to me on Twitter. Um, that'd be awesome. But either way, congratulations!
3: congratulations.
2: Yeah, huge hit. Well done. That's
0: why you should listen to Fight IQ. And let's dig in and see exactly. if we can find right. another. I think this is a this week first prize in the big contest is twenty five thousand dollars. Yep. Um, so let's even get a twenty five thousand dollar winner. Personally, for me, I'm going to be chasing the five K in the forty four dollar leg sweep. That's where I've chosen to play a lot, play more than a a couple lineups. So that being said, though, let's jump into it. And I think I similar to the first last time I went to a fight card with Joe before one of these podcasts, I am going to be heavily exposed to the first fight of the night. Didn't go go so well last time, but it doesn't matter where I think the best spot on the card is in terms of order of the night. It's where is the best spot and you play it. Adam Wozirek, 8600. Take me.
2: Uh,
0: no, uh, Marco Rogerio de Lima. It is Pesau from his season of The Ultimate Fighter. And I heard a noise, which means my connection might have cut out again, but no one's stopping me, so I'm going to keep rolling here.
1: Keep
0: going. Right. is the minus 200 favorite. Marcos Ruggiero de Lima, the comeback on him is plus 185. This fight is an under, under one and a half rounds, minus 132. Minus 425 does not go to decision. Screams um, GPP fight in that way. But for me, I like Ruggiero de Lima in all formats. He's the one dog that I'm picking to win straight up. I can't live in a world where Adam Bozurek is 3 0 in the UFC. I just that would be hard for me to stomach. He's beaten Arian Bular and um, by Oma Plata and he beat Anthony Hamilton, who I have a long history with Anthony Hamilton that I won't go into a expletive right, laced rant. Uh Ruggiero De Lima what's interesting about him, and I'll let these guys talk about it is he's it's his first fight at heavyweight. He's been a light heavyweight, struggled to make two oh five, missed weight a couple times, and had one round of gas in those fights and gassed out. My man weighed in at 253 pounds today. How in the world did that guy make light heavyweight? Uh, I think he blitzes Wojarek. Wozirek, even if he survives, Wozirek's a point fighter. It doesn't scare me a lot. Um, the, the concern is the gas tank of Ruggiero, but I think he's the better fighter. I'm hoping the move up help, helps him. Give me Marcos Ruggiero de Lima. I'll start with Chris on this one. Chris, how do you have this? Are you supporting my one underdog pick on the, on, on the night?
2: I, I am, but not completely. When I when I first looked at this fight, um, I saw the line for the gamble master thing. That it was like 175 was the last I saw, it, plus 175 for Dilema. and I was like, oh, it's great to uh, get him at a dog price because you know I certainly don't think that highly of a Zurich. He leaves his chin out there very high, He gets tagged up a whole lot. Um, you know, he's very susceptible to being taken down. But then I remembered um, who Pizau is, and um, it's just so hard to trust this guy. I mean, he loses fights in, in ways you couldn't even imagine. Um, what the, the, the last fight he had again, not the last fight he had, but, um, one of his losses against, uh, who was that? Uh, pull it up right here. His loss against Antigulov where he got caught in, in the guillotine. Um, he had ample opportunity to step over in the side control. He didn't do it. He allowed Antigulov to readjust it and, and, and get the, the choke and then never fought hands and then just submitted. Similarly, in the uh, OSP fight, he had a good uh, first half of the first round, a good first round in general, actually, and then uh, got taken down, um, was getting beaten on, and then sort of just allowed himself to slip into the um, the Vaughn flu choke. I mean, the guy gasses out a lot. I know he's moving up to heavyweight, but we still haven't seen him have the gas tank, so it's good to imagine that in theory that the move up would help him, but we don't know that yet. Um, I would like to pick uh De Lima confidently very much. It's just ridiculously hard to trust him. It feels like he gets to a point in each fight where he's done fighting, and then that's it. Um, Wazirik, uh, you know, doesn't do much on the feet. Has some good uh, body kicks, head kicks. But um, thing about Wazirik is at least I can trust him to know what he's doing in the fight, and I don't feel that way about the Lima. So can Delima win? Yes. Should you have exposure to both? Absolutely. As far as the pick, I don't know. I I get. I guess I'll go Delima to to knock him out before he decides to quit. But I'm I'm not so sure about that.
0: Even if you're not so sure, I I I think it's the best dog spot on the card, and, and that's really what the
1: point I wanted to hammer home, Joe. Well, I mean, he's going to be highly owned. Uh, it's this is a pure yes. GPP play. I mean, I don't know how you could feel confident taking Dilema in Cash. Um, I, I certainly see Dilema early. Um, if the fight goes into a second round, I am going to be less certain about my play. Um, I am going to be more highly weighted towards Dilema. There are, I actually like more dogs than Sean does on this, this card. So we'll, we'll go through it later. It's not technically going to be the best sub 8K dog odds wise, but um, given his price point, um, I think he's going to be probably the highest owned dog on the card. Um, so here, so I, I'm going to pick the Lima too.
2: Sorry, Joe. I just want. So here's my question: If um, if this is if this is a really highly weighted dog, and and we know how much we can't trust him, does it make sense then to go with Zurich for the uh,
1: contrarian play, knowing this fight's probably going to finish? I think he's going to be <laughs> under owned. The question is with Wizurik: Is what is he going to score? I mean, if he and if he grinds out a third round decision at his price point. Is it going to be enough, um, you know, for a GPP to get him on the winning lineup? I'm not. I don't see how you're going to get 12x out of him in a win. Maybe, maybe if you want to look at him in cash. Um, but again, I'm not playing any cash. So I haven't really thought about cash this week. You know, so I see DeLima as a GPP play. I would not feel overly comfortable having him in cash. I've got a, there are other fighters I would rather play in cash if I was going to play cash. But that, it's a good. I think that I think he will be very or relatively low-owned, so he could be a good contrarian play. All
0: right, that will be my longest spiel of, of the episode. So that's the fight I really wanted to target. But another one I'm interested in, Montel Jackson, 8,300, taking on Brian Boom Kelleher at 7,900. Montel Jackson is the favorite, minus 135. The comeback on Kelleher is plus 105. Montel Jackson... Got grinded out by Ricky Simone last time out. Brian Gallagher was knocked out by John Lineker six months ago. Um, sorry, just got a request to update my computer. That would have been tragic. Yeah. Kelleher, um, look, his win over Damien Stasiak was is not that impressive to me. He's you know, he got not he he beat Hanna Barrow, but it's it was 2017, Hannon Barrow. I still picked Burrell in that fight, and it was was a war. Jackson is really long. I think going to pose some problems. I know he got taken down by Ricky Simone, but he defended 13 of 20 takedowns and popped up after most of them. He's super long. He's super athletic. He is relatively green. I still like the newcomer to promote to to give Kelleher enough problems at range using that length advantage. So give me Montel Jackson. Joe, who do you have for this one?
1: Okay, so there is a little bit of narrative on this fight. Uh, Kelleher missed weight. Um, You know, he will be giving 20% of his purse. The fight will go on. That's the good news. We'll be giving 20% of his purse to Jackson. The other part of the narrative is that Jackson has only been a pro for about a year. Um, He's had six fights. Um, He will come into this with a significant reach advantage. He has about an eight to nine inch reach advantage. He's really long. Um, He was taken down at will by Simone. Simone. Um, you know, a bunch of us bought in. He was a big pork chop for a lot of us because he was la- he was pure line value. Um, um when he last that fought, will, that Will's a little rough. Yeah, well, he did,
0: he, defended he, 60, he defended 65%. Yeah, but,
1: but when you get taken down 12 times if you defend the other eight or however many times he was taken down, 12? Uh, he got taken down a lot. I don't know exactly, but it was I a think lot. It was
0: 7 of 20 if I remember right.
1: Yeah, so but you know, you still got taken down 7 times. That's still a lot. It's Simone um,
0: against Kelleher. Yeah, um, I mean, but you know, know here's the
1: deal. And then Kelleher, on the other hand, way more experienced, better jiu-jitsu. Um, it, it's in his backyard. Um, this is he's not going to be intimidated by the MSG crowd. So there is some narrative here. On the other side, Jackson, um you know, I've been following some plays on him, uh, Dudas, Clay Davis, um on Twitter, who is a pretty large unit player. Just put a unit on on Jackson. Um, I think this could be an interesting fight to target if Kelleher could get inside of Jackson. I don't see Jackson finishing him first and foremost, but if Kelleher could get inside of Jackson, inside of the reach um, and takes him down and maybe works his jits, I could certainly see Kelleher being very successful. I mean, look, if Lineker, you know, if it took three rounds for Lineker to finish, um, you know, Kelleher, I don't see, I don't see Montel Jackson doing it um so i am gonna go for the dog this is the fight with the narrowest odds um kelleher actually opened as a favorite and the line flipped um it's now i think plus plus i think he's now plus 130 something like that it's uh, it's a real tight line um i'm gonna have shares of both but i will i'm picking kelleher to win chris how about you
2: yeah um I'm, i'm gonna go ahead and pick Kelleher here i i just feel like Look, I like I like uh, Montel. I think he he does he does a little bit of everything. Well, he can strike, he can grapple. I actually thought he did a, a fairly good job uh, stuffing most of those takedowns in round one and two. Round three, uh, Simone kind of put it on. But um, I I just I just like Kelleher. Um, Joe alluded to his ability to get inside. That's exactly what I think is going to happen. I think he's going to pressure him uh, pretty relentlessly. I mean, not Simone relentlessly with the grappling, but I really think he he's going to put a heavy those the pressure on him and and take the, those kicks and that long reach away. Um, we saw uh, Montel have problems when Simone was doing that. Again, as I know, not not as much of a relentless grappler, but I think the principle is the same. And I like um, I like Kelleher's movement. I, I think he can wrestle some. And I just I just expect him to put a pace on on Montel and outwork him. And um, so, yeah, I'm
0: going to go with Kelleher. Okay, fair enough. I think, you know, disagree on that one. I'm, I'm more of a believer in, in the young gun, but I do I actually do think Kelleher is going after Ruggiero de Lima, be the most popular dog on the card. Granted, he's also the most expensive at 7,900, but for what it's worth. All right, moving on. Hurricane Shane Burgos, 9,000, taking on Kurt Holaba at 7,200. Burgos, the big favorite, minus 330. The comeback on Halabaugh, plus 240. This fight, under 2.5, minus 140. Does not go to decision, minus 190. I like this fight for GPPs quite a bit. I think, obviously, these two guys are going to stand and trade until someone goes down. Burgos carries his hands low, has more power. Halabaugh, super tough, took a beating against Rayoni Barcelos and is also willing to trade I think Burgos gets gets the job done here, but this is a fight I'm going to target both sides of Chris.
2: Yeah, um, I, I have to I have to uh, take issue with one thing right off the bat. I I don't think Burgos has more power than Hallabla. I think Hallabla has maybe maybe significantly more power. I mean, I, I think that Shane Burgos. Where, where? Why would you think that? Because Burgos Burgos is a volume striker. Who who have we seen Burgos hit? And I mean, it took him three rounds to finish Charles. Uh Charles Rosa, he I I mean, uh, Qatar took all of his shots. I just don't see him having that much power. Where well, do you think it's,
0: fight. I watch I watch Shane Burgos knock down Godofredo Pepe three times. You don't see that division yeah. guys but you got you don't see guys that division laying people out cold outside of like Cody Garbrand. Like that I'm, division, no, I'm not, I'm not, you're not seeing
2: about, cold. I'm not I'm not talking about laying him out cold. I, I, I haven't I haven't even seen him wobble anybody. When has that happened? He
0: knocked down Pepe three times. He knocked down Charles Rosa once. He knocked down Traitor once. Holloway doesn't have a knockdown in the UFC.
2: He, he's only got two fights in the UFC. Bro, One, he's fight. Got four. One fight. He's he's got four, six knockdowns. All right. Well, rega- anyway, moving on from that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I stand by my attention that the viewers can uh, chime in on what they think about that. But um, I, chat, I um, Chat, who has more power, chat? Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, let's… I wish I could. I wish I could put a poll up in here, but I don't think that I can. But anyway, um, I Shane Burgos is one of a few fighters on this card for me. Who, although probably I think the most skilled one, but he's one of one of a couple fighters on this card for me who I I, I never really loved the prospect hype on. Um, I just think he. You mentioned he carries his hands low. Aside from that, he pretty much just walks straight into range, and uh, doesn't move his head. Katara was lighting him on fire with, with the jab, basically all fight. Um, uh, Charles Rosa was winning that fight until going into the third round just because Rosa was, you know, working and then getting out of range. I um, I think Hala Bala is good enough defensively and has good enough movement to where he's not going to be flustered with um, the constant uh, forward pressure. Uh, I, I think, well, I mean, and this is a, um, you know, significant stick, sticking point i believe i guess who you think has the most power because i think Halabala is going to be able to hit him hard enough with a counter shot or maybe account one of those counter hooks that he likes that he's going to be able to change that pressure and change the outcome that way so um I, I i think burgos has too many liabilities here i acknowledge that he has some skills i love guys who come forward like he does i love his body work uh which he does a lot of but uh you know Halabala. Halabala has has that too. Um, I think it's a pretty even fight, but for me, it hinges on the guy I feel like has more power and the guy who's probably a little more defensively responsible. And for me, that's Holaba. So uh, give me. I'll give you
0: more defensively responsible. That that's clear. I just I think Burgos is the better striker, but let's have Joe break this tie. Joe, who you got?
1: Well, I hate to do this to you, Sean, but I'm going to take a shot on Holabird as well. I mean. No. Um, I look uh, – I, I don't know that um, – I think he's a live dog here. Um, I'm very impressed with uh, Barcelos. So, I, I mean, he, he lasted three rounds with Barcelos. If you go back and look at – Halabak has had 22 fights. If you go back and look at his career, I mean, he actually was a favorite against um, Andre Harrison, who is probably one of the best fighters in the weight class outside of the UFC. Uh, and it was a three-round decision. Um, and he was a slight, I think, minus 155 favorite. Um, I think he caught a buzzsaw. I I think this is going to be a very competitive fight that should be targeted, especially in GPPs. I think the line is much too wide, the betting line. Um, it would be dog or pass if I was betting this fight. In DraftKings, um, I will be higher weighted to the dog here, and I'm going to pick uh, Halibut to win.
0: I, I do like I, – I will be targeting both sides in – GPPs. Uh, real quick, before I go to the next fight, let me let me scroll through chat live real quick to see people are talking. Burgos more power. Jalaba um, throws straight punches, so he needs to be faster. Jalaba's last opponent coming off a two-year layoff. Both can eat shots all day, so only one straight vote there. So I can't. I can't even really claim the um, victory. But you guys should uh, keep talking about it. I'm actually. No, we'll, we'll, we'll move on from that fight. Interesting one, though. One that I think is great for DraftKings on either side. Move on to the next fight. Lando Groovy Venata, 8,900, taking on Matt the Steam Rolla Frivola at 7,300. And this is one that I think I would take this closer to the stance that you guys did in the last fight. I think that Lando Venata is pretty overrated. He's 1-3-1 in the UFC, 0-2-1 in his last three fights. Draw against Bobby Green. His only win in the UFC was the wheel kick knockout over John McDessie, who I believe is, is retired at this point. The problem, and we've seen him fade in fights. We saw, in fights. We saw him fade, obviously, against Bobby Green. We saw him fade against Danny Tamer. Gas Tag is suspect. Matt Fravola, though... He is, like Burgos, not defensively responsible at all. Walks toward people, brings pressure. Marco Polo Reyes knocked him out cold. I think these guys will stand and trade as well. If anyone's going to grapple, it'll be Fravola. I have worries about Venata's gas tank. Overall, I think Venata is clearly the cleaner, more polished striker and will be able to move off the center line and counter Fravola. So he's my pick to win, but... I have a lot of concern about Venata that I outlined in the open, and this is another fight similar to the last one that I think I, the dog is live, and I'm probably going to play both sides if uh, you're, you're playing the favorite. Uh, Joe,
1: we'll start with you for this one. Wow, I, I couldn't disagree more. Are um, you going uh, the hype train of Lando Venata? No, I, I well, look, okay, so Lando Venada is one of two fighters that I feel the UFC is throwing a bone. We'll talk about the other one when we get there. Um, you know, generally coming off three losses, uh, you don't get um, another fight um, for the most part. So I think the UFC likes him. Uh, a couple of, there is some narrative here. Um, Lando Venata has left Jackson. So with that big split with Cowboy Cerrone, he went with Cowboy Cerrone. I actually think that's a good thing here. I don't think he was progressing all that much at Jackson's. I think a camp change could be a good thing for him. Um, I, this is, <laughs> Let's look at Davola. I mean, he was a minus 200 favorite against Polo Reyes and was victimized as what is now considered to be the 30th best knockout of 2018 as a minus 200 favorite. So I think this is a perfect matchup for Venada. Venada, now you mentioned you thought that if this fight, if there was wrestling in this fight, it would be by Davola. Lando's a D1 wrestler. He hasn't changed right. it all that much, but he is a D1 wrestler. So That's why is it
0: stays one, standing. For- yeah, this is, yeah,
1: this is one of my favorite uh, plays on the card. Um, I like Lando a fair amount here as much for the narrative and the fact that I, I really do believe the UFC is throwing this guy a bone and saying, okay, you've lost three fights. They were really tough fights. Um, but we are going to, um, give you one that we think you can win and get your confidence back. And, you know, with the camp change, um, and you know, again, he is right at that nine, what is he? Eight, 8.9 K. Yeah. Um, you know, so he's right at sub nine. I, I like him a lot. That's my that about for you. Yeah, uh, well Venada is another one
2: of those guys who uh I've never quite understood the hype on. I've actually never picked Venata to win a fight in the UFC. I just don't um I, I, I just I just don't love his style, which I think relies on uh, more flesh than it does substance. I think a guy like Jakar Close uh in the last fight had the perfect style to beat him. If you just apply pressure to him you know he can't get off all his kicks and and all that good stuff that's exciting but you know not round winning and i think likely uh not fight winning um the thing about a guy like Frivola though even though he's going to apply all that pressure and he will is that um you know he is just wild he's a madman and um i don't know the problem is if you love venata as Joe does is that we've never seen him deal with like this kind of balls out pressure. And we've certainly never seen him de- deal with it effectively. As I mentioned, all the guys that really pressure him beat him. I mean, McDessie, we all remember the wheel kick. McDessie was winning that fight uh, with pressure boxing before that, that wheel kick happened. So um, it's, it's a tough call for me just because I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of, the way Lando fights, I acknowledge that he's tough, um, but he also gasses out. And for a guy who relies on his movement for, for defense, the way Lando does, a, a gas Lando Venata is, um, is one that's going to eat shots. Um, Marco Polo Reyes is a boxer by trade, so I expect, I expect him to know that distance and be able to slide out of it a lot more easily than a guy like Lando. Um, can I trust Fervola is the question. And I haven't really seen Venata as much of a counterpuncher. so I um, the, the short answer to all this uh, ramble is I think is gonna have to show this to me. and I think I'm taking Frivola to win the fight. Wow. Yeah,
0: I, I agree. I, I think a lot of. Now even if it's not out of the question, Joe, that that the UFC is throwing about bone and Frivola does get knocked out again, I still don't think that Vinat is that good. I think he's like, like Chris said, we we're on the same pitch. I think he's a lot of flash, and we've seen him a few times before, and even if he wins here, I'm going to fade him in the future.
2: Can I, can I just say that I, I know that he's one-dimensionable and exploitable, but I, I, I don't think you would classify any Fervola matchup as throwing you a bone because if you slip up one time, he's going to take off your head. So, I mean, you still got to be sharp to beat him. It's not one like, uh, of you know, like, like,
1: no.
0: Joe Joe missed some narrative here uh from Long Island. He's from my neck of the woods, hometown guy. Kind of like Keller. He's actually closer to New York City than where Keller lives, I believe.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure that'll go a long way in his. Uh...
0: But you can't mention it. You can't mention it <laughs> no, for someone not. Oh, so
1: that's fine. what is this camp? I don't even. I, I you know.
0: I think he fights out of um, the Long Island MMA camp with
1: with. Wade, um, those guys.
0: With, with no, yeah, with with. Uh,
1: Ah, they have him as and Gracie Joe, Tampa they have him no. that's that well, that's Sara Longo. that I mean, they have him as Gracie Tampa South. That's his that's his. Wow. And they say he's fighting out of Tampa, Florida, born in Huntington, New York, but okay. fighting out of Tampa, so, Florida.
0: I, I remember on the last the last card he was fighting out of Huntington. So maybe he made a camp move. All right, let's move on to oh good. I get to talk about another overhyped fighter, Lyman good, ninety five hundred taking on Ben Killaby Saunders at sixty seven hundred. Saunders, the underdog, a big one, plus 425. Good, the favorite, at minus at 650. Huge inside the distance prop, minus 345 for the fight. I have a sneaking suspicion, and people are going to call me crazy, and I get the numbers behind it and the history, so don't go crazy. This is my gut feeling. We're going to see see the judges in this fight. Lyman Good has fought. This will be his third fight in the last three years, almost four years. Last time against uh, last time out against Alessio's do Santos, he said he didn't want to trade because he was afraid to get knocked out in between rounds. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what happened. Now I get Santos and Saunders are different. I also understand that Santos or Saunders, excuse me, we haven't seen the judges' scorecards in his last four fights. Three of those he was finished, and once he got a finish over Jake Ellenberger, he's one and three in those last four. You know, two and four in his last six. I just think Lyman Good is overhyped. He looks like he should be a terrifying friggin' monster. And we know Saunders at the tail end of his career. If Lyman Good goes out and starches him, I'm not gonna be stunned. I just think the line is a product of people fading Saunders. We saw him two months ago get uh, subbed out by Sergio Moraes um, in that video of them practicing in the back. Obviously, a way different fight here. If this fight hits the ground, I would actually lean Saunders. It's getting it there and it's good going to knock him out. It could totally happen, but goods in that price range around, you know, it's going to cost me a hundred dollars to get Daniel Cormier. I'm going to take Cormier 10 out of 10 times. I have a, I have a hard time getting there. That's my quick breakdown of the fight. I am picking Lyman good. Um, I, I think Saunders is going to make this a dirtier fight. Um, maybe pull guard once, get it to the ground in one round. Um, and being a distance with those knees and then the clinch where it's hard for good to get a finish. Uh, so give me good in a very odd decision victory. And for this one, we're up to starting with Chris.
2: Yeah, I think good's going to knock him out. I mean, yeah. I, I, I do
0: want to say Milo Rambo right there. I am by far in minority and I understand it. And it's not like I'm playing a lot of Ben Saunders. It's just... Where my ownership is going to go?
2: No, I I understand, and I understand the the point you made about the price going up to Cormier too. But um, look, I mean, Lyman Good is just is just a pressure boxer who hits hard, and at this stage of of, of Ben Saunders' career, I think that's enough. I don't even necessarily disagree with uh, thinking Lyman Good's overhyped. I just don't know what Ben Saunders is going to be able to do um, in a matchup like this. Uh, ben Saunders. Essentially, just likes to use body kicks and 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 work off his back. He, he doesn't he doesn't have much of a, like a boxing game. Uh, he gets backed up very easily. Of course, we know about his acumen in the clinch that could come into play here, but the the path to victory is just so narrow for me. And Lyman Good is going to be in his face all fight. He gets very hard. Ben Saunders tends to get hit very hard. So yeah, I see the ending in a knockout.
0: I'm assuming you're just you're thinking I'm I'm crazy here, and you're going to be checking my temperature tomorrow night.
1: <laughs> Favorite play on the card is Lyman Good. Favorite play in GPPs and cash. Well, I'm not playing cash, so I'm not going to comment on cash. I like him more than DC. Um, I I the narrative here is how in the heck did Sanders get another fight? I mean, um, you know, he. His The only time he's looked remotely good, and I'm not making a disparaging comment because I think Sanders is a very cool dude. Um, but the only time he looked good was against Jake Ellenberger. And I know for a fact that when his head hit the, hits the pillow at night, he knocks himself out. So, yeah, he finished Ellenberger. That was his one fight where he's looked impressive in the in the last few years. Uh, I would be shocked if Lyman Good does not finish him in the first round. Um, he is my favorite play on the, on the slate. I just got to point out, um, we look in chat. We see – chat's telling us
2: prop bet for decision is plus 515, so get on that, Sean. That's all you. Yeah, like I
0: said, it was a gut feeling and a sneaking suspicion, guys. I I feel like I pointed that out very clearly (laughs) at the start here. All right, next up, Julio Arce, 9,200, taking on Shaman Marais at 7,000. Line on this fight is, to me, just bizarrely wide. Julio Arce, minus 260. Come back on the rides, plus 200. RC, or Arce is a Tiger Showman's fighter, stand-up fighter. Mariah traditional Muay Thai Brazilian. Uh, had a close fight against uh, Matt Sales last time out. We won the first two rounds and faded. So gas tanks are concerned. Uh, Arce, his last fight is escaping me at the moment. Uh, one of the Tamers. Um, Danny Tamer. Yeah. Danny Tamer went over Dan Igay. What has to be concerning here is is going to be stand-up fight. I don't think Shima memorize is going to get knocked out. And Arce in his win scores 80, 66, and 70. 9,200, I think there are better options. And I think Marais is totally live in, in a kickboxing match. He's got the Muay Thai. I would lean Arce. I just don't think he scores well. Give me Arce by decision. Joe?
1: Uh this is a better fight for betting than I think for DraftKings because I, I do I love Arce. I mean Golden Gloves boxer, Jersey guy, Tiger Schulman, teammate of Jimmy Rivera. Um I like Arce a lot. I mean I I I was on him from the beginning when he made his debut and uh I I just don't think he's going to be a great This is a real tough test for him and I don't think this is going to be a great fight for DraftKings. Um I pro, and, and and especially with his price point um, I will probably be more exposed to Um, Marais, um but I, I I will pick Arce to win. Chris,
2: yeah, um, I I actually think this is a good um, a good style matchup for Arce, just because Morais um, tends to um, you know, as you said, the Muay Thai st- tends to stand straight up, and also doesn't really pressure. He's each- I I've said before that I think. One of Arce's uh, weaknesses is if you pressure him and keep the pressure on him, he sort of freezes. But he's not going to have that problem here. Um, I also think you know your, your Muay Thai point, point is granted, especially with the kicks. Um, we actually saw Ige and uh, Tamer uh, land quite a few kicks on him, and I, I would say that Maurice's kicks are are harder than than either of those guys. So that's that's something to consider. But um, I, I I would also just say that. Um, you know, we've seen Arce be very good defensively. We've seen him counter that, that it is very effectively. And Morais is just very, you know, very wild with the with the overhands and leaves himself very open. and, and I think Arce is going to have a lot of opportunity here. Uh, does he finish? I, I I don't know. And for that reason, I, I agree with you that maybe he's he's not the best uh, uh, favorite play on the card at uh, the the um over nine thousand mark. But um, you know. You, if you want to take a, a, a dog play on rice, maybe just because, you know, as the competition gets better, we're really going to see what Arce is made of. But just as far as what the pick is and who I think is going to win the fight, I, I, I think this is a, a, a style matchup that favors Arce.
0: All right. Moving on. Sajara Eubanks, 9,400, taking on Roxanne Matafari at 6,800. Oh, it does, does me oh, – I get to do the odds, sorry. Eubanks is a minus 625 favorite, Montefiore plus 415. This fight is an over, minus minus three eight, minus 303 uh, to go to decision. That was what I was going to say, and I got excited to say. It does does my heart well to see when someone talks tons of shit on social media. They go out, and they miss weight. Jara Eubanks, you're a weight, We're done. You're not getting a title shot. Move on. That being said, clearly I'm not a fan of uh, Sajara Eubanks, Look, Roxanne Matafari is someone I'm considering in cash because she can last. We saw this fight once before. Uh, Roxanne is a smart fighter. I know she's not good, guys. I get it. I know Sajara has the potential and the talent. I don't know if she gets a finish here. We saw Roxanne sweep in the other fight. She's she's decent on the ground, decent top control. I know Sajara is a black belt as well and has more power, but Roxanne has a floor. Watch Sajara go out and and start you here. The pick is Sajara, Eubanks. I can't go against the minus 625 favorite. And I will say, even though I like both sides of this fight more than I like either side of the last fight in terms of Lyman good, and and Ben Saunders, give me this fight for various reasons on each side. Chris, we'll start with you.
2: Yeah, um... Uh, yeah, I, I I pretty much agree. I mean, the problem is, I, I mean, I, I like I like Roxy, um, but the, the problem is that um, even if she's do- looking good early, as she wasn't in their um, on their fight, uh, up the, up in the Ultimate Fighter house. There you go. Um, and moving in and out and landing combinations. The problem she she's gonna have all fight is that she's just not gonna be able to hurt. Uh, Sajara and um, Sajara is going to be able to hurt her. So if you're if you're um, pl- if you're looking for a, a, a Roxy win here, she needs to go in and out and 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 stick and move for three rounds basically before either um, Sajara lands a big shot or she takes her down, which um, led to her uh, losing the contender series fight. Um, you know, having said that, though a uh, Roxy for six thousand nine hundred, you know she's gonna throw a lot, and if she can survive, six thousand eight hundred, no, six thousand eight hundred. Take, take that
0: hundred. Take that hundred to get from good to DC. <laughs>
2: yeah, there you go. But uh, it, I mean, she she just never stops throwing. So if she can survive, she would be a good. Uh, she has a solid cash floor at the very least, and if she happens to survive and and any out a, a decision victory then that's great. But again, I think that's just going to be tough for her to do. And Sajara is better on the ground. I, I believe she's a uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion. Um, so it just, as much as I want her to win, I just, it's going to be really hard outside of her fighting the perfect fight that sees her just outboxing Sajara over three rounds. So give me Banks, and um, maybe buy uh, submission yet again. Yeah, we we all want
0: to see Sajara lose, but I, I think
2: we're on the same
1: page, Joe. Yeah, I mean, look, this fight happened already, right? So you Don't know, get caught
0: up in that. You know my yeah, rule.
1: I know. So, but anyway, look, I, lo- I like Roxanne too. She she did get the crap beat out of her for three rounds um, and tough. Um, I like Eubanks here quite a bit um, more than a number of fighters in this salary range. Um, but only if she gets the finish. Um, I don't think she's gonna get you the points you need if she doesn't get the finish, if this goes to a three-round decision. Um, but I do you it's pretty, pretty straightforward pick for me. I will I don't know what the weight is gonna be on on Roxanne Matafari. I will probably be under to whatever that number is, but I do like Eubanks a fair bit here.
0: All right, moving on. Jason Knight, 8,800, taking on Jordan Rinaldi at 7,400. The odds on this fight, Jason Knight's the favorite, minus 270. Rinaldi plus 205. This is an interesting fight because I I, I do my own solo early in the week um, video on YouTube, and I had somebody in chat. Really high on Jordan Rinaldi, and actually, this isn't the one that really got me going. We'll, we'll get to later. I want you guys to process this real quick. Somebody, I got sidetracked in my whole episode because someone was telling me that Jared Cannonier is a better striker than David Branch. Just put that in your minds until we get th- until we get there, because I I didn't know how to respond. Um, Jordan Knight or Jason Jordan Knight. Jordan Rinaldi, has got one UFC win. It's over Alvaro Herrera. Jason Knight's 8800 people are looking at. You know, his last three losses. Maquan Amirkani, I thought he won that fight. I get it. Mowgli Benitez, top 15 guy. Ricardo Lamas, top five guy. Now he gets Jordan Rinaldi, one and two in the UFC, one win over Alvaro Herrera. I get Rinaldi could grapple. I don't think he gets Knight down enough. I hope Knight goes back to the sprawling and not, you know, pulling rubber guard, which who knows what will happen then. But Knight's the better fighter. Desperately needs a win. He's a guy who's beaten Chas Skelly, Dan Hooker. Like, give me Jason Knight here. I, I, to steal a line from Chris, ronaldo has got to show me before I ever pick Jordan Ronaldo. I was on Alvaro Herrera just in a high GPP fight. So, Jason Knight for me.
1: And uh, Joe, you're up for this one. Yeah, so this is the other fighter. I was talking about the UFC was throwing two fighters a bone. This is the other fighter. So, Jason Knight got signed, got re-signed by the UFC coming off of three losses. How often do you see that? I mean, if you have a fight or so left on your contract and you're coming off three losses, maybe the UFC lets you lets you fight your contract out. But getting re-signed coming off of three loss, losses tells you that the UFC likes this guy. I mean, they, he's, he's an exciting fighter. Um, the other big, big piece of narrative here is that He has finally left the Allen Belcher camp and is now training with Team Alpha Male. Um, This is a great weight class for Team Alpha Male. Uh, And he admittedly, um, in an interview, was telling people how he was getting roughed up there, you know, which is a good thing. I mean, he obviously had a limited amount of training partners. Um, So you got the Mississippi mean going up to Northern Cal. Um, They probably need Google Translate whenever this guy speaks. But um, other than that, I, I like... Fighters coming off of a first camp at Team Alpha Male generally do pretty good, and uh, I do. I love the narrative and and the whole fact that the UFC is, is likely tossing him a bone here. So I do like Jason Knight here.
0: Chris, I vote for you.
2: Yeah, uh, Jason Knight rounds out my I think trio on this card of fighters who I, I just don't understand why people like them. Um, I, I you know that's that's a little harsh. I I get I get why you might like Knight. I guess because he's a pressure fighter, you know he can wrestle a little bit. He can grapple. Uh, we saw him go very heavy on the wrestling, and uh, I, th- I think it was the Benitez fight didn't work out for him. He kept losing position, but he, he did he did keep trying it. But um, he just he just doesn't defend uh, strikes as long as you can. He'll, he can dip his head once as long if you throw combinations at him, he'll eat the second shot every time. And um, I I think. Um, Look, Jordan Raleigh's defense isn't isn't great. Like, a more sophisticated striker would obviously get the hint that, okay, he's going to throw one shot, duck, and then duck out of the way and pivot and strike again and maybe, um, you know, throw an uppercut or something. But I don't expect Jason Knight to be sophisticated enough to be able to do that. Um, he hit uh, – how do you say that name? That's why, you, Connie, that's why you guys keep me around with it. We were five minutes just, late. Just call him Mr. Finland. That's it, yeah. He, they, he hit Mr. Finland with a couple of good stri- strikes um, off of uh, clinch situations when uh, when his his chin was way too high. But um, And I think that if Frenaldi chooses to brawl with him, I think um, that's a bad idea. I think um, Jason and I would probably have the edge there. But I think that um, – he just gets tagged up too much, and I don't think he's going to be able to outgrapple Ronaldo. And he might try; he might very well try. So, um, yeah, I, I, just, I'm gonna for that price, um, and for the savings, I'm gonna go Ronaldo here.
0: Joe, how about for you? Oh wait, we, um,
2: I, I gave yeah, mine.
0: Oh God! it's see, I start talking crap and I make a mistake like that. Let's read chat real quick. Um, yeah, I, I did want to touch on that. I don't think he's at Team Alpha Male full-time. Um, if I say your name wrong, I'm sorry. Nandalal Rasia. I'm sure I fucked that up. I'm sorry. Two and a half weeks out of an eight-week camp. Um, and Dave LB says Rinaldi did pretty well against Trujillo. And Will says right?
2: that he's no longer a fan of mine, which I'm heartbroken, Will. Come on. Come back to me.
0: You don't I'll like him. I'm done with you, Chris. Well, you know what? He's I'll right. Win you back.
1: I'll, <laughs> I'll wait you up. back. Who's, Who done with do? Who's done with Chris? Uh, no in
0: boy, Will in chat because he doesn't like Hick Diaz. You have to like Hick Diaz. He's fun at least. Or funny. Moving on. We're up to the main card already, guys. Israel Adesanya, 9,100, taking on Derek Brunson, 7,100. Adesanya is the pretty large favorite here in Beret. Right? Minus 300. Brunson plus 225. Brunson says he's going to try and get him out of there on the first round. The under is plus money, though. Under one and a half, plus 120 at the moment. Look, Brunson, we've seen him try and be um, cagier against Anderson Silva, which I do think he won that fight. Um, Adesanya, we've seen him improve. A lot of hype on him. This is Brunson's, you know, your gatekeeper guy in that division. I think Adesanya is the real deal. He really impressed me against Brad... Tavares, if Brunson runs forward, I think Adesanya is going to tag him. If these two really don't like each other. Um, I think it's going to be an emotional fight, and I think that actually favors Adesanya here. So give me Adesanya to do something crazy impressive.
2: Chris? Yeah, uh, they really don't like each other, and, and the trash talk got to a fever pitch when Derek Brunson said, you're skinny. That was that was some real uh, heavy trash talk there. But, um, Brunson's not I, good
0: at trash talking at all. Yeah.
2: I, I love I love trying to, hearing the guys that aren't good at trash talk, trying to awkwardly navigate their way through it. It, 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 it makes me happy. But um, I'm going to take Israel Adesanya as, as well. I think um, it's funny because I was, I was thinking about um, the Jacare Brunson fight. And for those of you who remember, and if not, I'll remind you, the, my central point of this, this fight was that it wasn't going to be all that different from the last time they fought. Because Derek Brunson hasn't ever really changed the way he fights. It's funny, I I remember when um, he got knocked out by Whitaker, and that was when most people expected Brunson to beat him. And he was everywhere on TV saying, oh, man, why didn't I uh, stick to the game plan? Why didn't I fight smarter? But he always fights like that. He always has fought like that. He's going to come forward and and try to wing shots, but he's just so stiff and upright that um, I think there's an excellent chance that Adesanya is going to catch him, as Sean said. If Adesanya can't deal with that kind of just raw blitzing forward, then Brunson could knock him out. I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility, but I can't bank on that just because a guy like Adesanya, what we have to remember is a a guy like that, every fight he's going to be better. And even in the Tavares fight, we saw him deal with pressure better there. Uh, He didn't deal with it very well in the Vittori fight, but he dealt with it better in the Tavares fight. So he's making strides. I expect him to be obviously the way cleaner striker. I expect him to be able to evade and
1: counter-strike. And, yeah, I think he knocks Brunson out too. So How about for you? Okay, so I'm going to take Brunson here. Um, there's some narrative, of course. I was at the fight against Brad Tavares. I actually was was had perfect seats, um, had a nice little uh, suite overhanging the ring at the um, – where was it? It was it was a small venue. It was the one one of the one of the hotels I had a small venue for the tough finale, and I just so happens that one of Tavares' trainers walked into our suite. Um, you know, as did like one of the Pettis brothers. It was it was a really cool event. So I'm I'm diverging here, but the trainer told us that you know, and and this was kind of there was this rumor leading up to the fight that Tavares might have to pull out because he was injured. He had two serious injuries, and he took that fight. Everybody's wondering, well, why didn't, you know, we know what Adesanya's kryptonite is. Why didn't Tavares take him down? Because he couldn't. And it wasn't It wasn't because of his great takedown defense. It was because he literally could not t- take him down because he couldn't bend. He had, he had two major injuries going into that fight. Um, I want to see a little bit more. I want to see if, um, you know, in, on paper, Brunson is the best wrestler he's ever faced. Unfortunately, Brunson doesn't wrestle all that much, which is, is a shame. Um, you know, Brunson left Jackson Wink and and ran, runs his own camp. Now, I don't I don't believe he went back to Jackson Wink. I believe he runs his own camp someplace down in North Carolina. Um, not the best fight IQ. However, I, I am going to take a major leap of faith here that um, Adesanya is not as developed as some people think he is, and I am going to, if not throw out his fight against Tavares, I am going to discount it based on the fact I know how hurt Tavares was and how his trainers did not want him to take that fight, and he's just maybe too tough for his own good. Um, I will be impressed if uh, Adesanya knocks out Derek Brunson, but my selection and uh, I will have a fair number of shares of Derek Brunson. I will also be playing Adesanya, but my pick is Derek Brunson.
0: All right, moving on. Carl Roberson, 8,700, taking on Jack Marshman at 7,500. Roberson, the favorite, minus 300, plus 225 to come back on Marshman. Look, the blind probably shouldn't be this wide, but Jack Marshman, to me, is a one-dimensional boxer. His UFC wins are Magnus Siedenblad and Ryan Jaynes, and he went to a decision with Ryan James. Whereas Carl Roberson, former glory kickboxer, Showed a little bit of uh, boxing his last, uh, not boxing, a little bit of some um, ground game with uh, Darren Stewart um, in his UFC debut. Before that and after that was beaten by Mouton, she taken down and quickly subbed. That's not Marshman's game. That is where Roberson is weak. Striker versus striker. Marshman's a boxer, Roberson's a kickboxer. I think Roberson's faster. I think he's stronger. He's younger. He's more explosive. Give me Carl Roberson in a fight that I think stays on the feet for three rounds,
1: Joe. Okay, so. Um, Roberson is an Owen three kickboxer, um, in glory. Uh, Fair. yes, he's a kickboxer. Um, you know, Darren Stewart might have the worst ground game of any fighter in the division. Uh, I see Roberson as having two very distinct advantages over Marshman. One is speed and two is athleticism, right? I think Ma- Marshman is a better technical striker. Um, I think he can fight at range. Um, I, Siedenblad is probably better than than anyone that uh, Roberson has ever fought. Um, so I, I thought that was actually a pretty good win against Seablad. Yeah.
0: I mean, he fought Mutanchi, but he got destroyed. So
1: yeah, um, yeah, he got destroyed. Um, I am going to, again, I keep going with the dogs here and I know it's probably it's gonna be another pork chop for me, but I am going to pick Marshman here. I will I would advise having shares of Roberson on Draftkings because of his inside the distance prop. Um, but um, I am going to uh, have some shares of Marshman, and I'm going to officially pick Marshman for the win here. Chris, yeah,
2: this to me is um, is my most confident pick of the card, besides like you know DC or somebody. Uh, but um, I, you know, I, I just don't really see what there is to like in this matchup. I, I I feel like, and it's funny because Joe even acknowledged it's like, well, he's faster and more athletic. Well, speed really matters in these uh in these striking battles you know I I think this is going to look a little bit like um now not totally because I think Marshman's the better striker but I but I think this is going to look a little bit like Jeff Neal and uh and uh, Frank Camacho where he's just going to be lighting him up just because he's going to beat under the punch every time and not only not only is he going to be faster but um Marshman tends to leave himself out of position when he throws that's how Ryan James was able to tag him up. Even after Ryan James was getting tagged, he was answering back. Um, yeah, and um, that um, that submission win wasn't, um, wasn't totally out of the blue for Roberson. He's got other submission wins on the regional scene. So he's at least a, a confident uh, submission, top submission grappler. So he can bring the fight there if he wants to. Um, you know, I just, I mean... And you're expecting him to stand at range? He's going to eat kicks when he does that. So, I, I, I just, I, I think, um, I think Roberson probably knocks him out. quite honestly. on this.
1: Could happen. I'm not super confident in my pick here, but I am going to stay with Marshman.
0: All right, David Branch, ninety-three hundred, taking on Jared Cannoneer at sixty-nine hundred. Cannoneer is the big underdog, plus 260, Branch minus 360. The only worry I have in this fight for David Branch is how does he deal with no longer facing Jack Array and facing a replacement in Jared Cannoneer. The only way he doesn't win this fight is if he doesn't show up. Look, Jared Cannonier has been in, I believe he had a fight at heavyweight, light heavyweight. Now he's in middleweight. He is an air traffic controller. Seems like a really nice guy, not a full-time fighter. I don't think he's made that, that change yet, nor is he going to. I get he's been in there with big competition in Jan Blahovec, Ivan Kutalaba, He does have a win over. David Branch is just better. Knocked out my head to Santos. I, I, I let, I, I teased it earlier. If am I crazy, or is Jared Carnier actually a better striker than David Branch? Because that's somebody who was trying to sell me. So give me David Branch. It's all about how much you think he scores in this one. He could play conservative. And you do have to question where his mindset is for the late-notice replacement fight that's in front of him. All that being said, Chris, we'll start with you.
2: I. Um, this is our second fighter on the card, the first one being Burgos, that just doesn't have any idea how to deal with a jab. Uh, if you if you go back to that uh, Blahovic fight, that's all Blahovic did. That's basically how he won the fight. Was uh, Blahovic just kept sticking the jab in his face, and it effectively – shut down Cannoneer's entire game. I, I've never really seen anything like it. Um, Branch has a good stinging jab himself. He's a good pressure boxer. Um, he has an excellent ground game. He has a good wrestling game. And that's pr- that's really where you can say, I mean, you could even say if you wanted, a, well, Cannoneer's a, a pretty good defensive boxer. I think he's a better defensive boxer than he gets credit for. and I And I like him. I don't dislike him. I think... He may have regressed a little bit uh, since he's since he's shown up here, but that's a, a different thing. But um, I just I just think that Bre- even if I'm wrong about the pressure, and let's say that Cannonier is able to take that pressure away because he likes the pressure as well, I don't think that will happen. But even if I'm wrong about that, um, Cannonier can't stop a takedown. And as good as he is at like recovering guard and and stuff and keeping himself relatively safe from strikes. He he can't really get back to his feet. He's not gonna he's not gonna threaten from the bottom, and he's, um, you know, so I my question would be where does Caneliere win this fight? And my answer is basically nowhere. Um, I think he may stop him. Caneliere's a tough guy. We all rem- remember him infamously walking forward with his hands down while Ian Kuntalaba was punching him. That was a great moment, but. Um, as far as as far as the winner of the fight, I, yeah, I, I think Branch Branch would have to would have to really try to lose this one. So i yeah. gonna... I will say I don't sound like
0: I hate Jared Cannonier just David Branch's top ten middleweight. Cannonier should absolutely be in the UFC. There are plenty of guys who don't have full who have full time jobs who, who are who are fighting, but the dude's been in there with killers. Like let's give this guy a fight he can win. Don't cut Jared Cannonier after this.
2: Uh, Sean is pointing out that uh, in chat, we have um, confirmation that Canonair is a full time fighter,
1: went full time after the sheriff fight. I believe I heard something like that as well. Yeah, okay. I was just gonna say that actually, and, and he is um, uh, uh, training at MMA Lab, I believe, in good, Arizona. By
0: the way, air traffic controller is a really good, a really yeah. good um,
1: yeah, so job.
0: I, I wouldn't have given that up.
1: Yeah, so he is, I believe he's training at the MMA lab. I like this cut to middleweight. Um I I I like him training at the MMA lab in Arizona. Um I again, I mean, this could be a, a really bad night for me. Um Branch, I was at that fight in Atlantic City where he knocked out Santos. That's what like I like to refer to as a flash knockout. Um we know Santos is having was having a bit of a hard time um making weight, um, hence the move up to middleweight. Um, I'm not gonna say that he would not have been knocked out if the fight was at light heavy but maybe he wouldn't have been knocked out if he didn't have to cut all that weight um I am going to <laughs> I'm going to pick Cannoneer here I mean I, I do advise that you have uh, shares of of both guys um I, I like the price savings on cannoneer I, I'm gonna give him a shot here i I know I'm picking a lot of dogs um I will have shares of branch i he's one of my least favorite fighters at this point in that price range. Um, I think that, uh, you know, the size, Kananier will definitely have some size on him. I like the fact that he's training at MMA Lab. Um, you know, I'm going to take a, and, and you mentioned that he was training for a fight with Jacare. This is a different type of fight. Um, I will take, uh, I will pick Kananier here, but I do advise, have. I will have more shares of him, but you should probably have a few shares of Branch as well.
2: Sorry, I, I just got, I got to ask, how does he win? How do you see him winning? Striking. He's gonna knock him out. Decision. Striking by all
0: right. I we'll see. He would have to have made some big improvements, but like
1: uh, I said, again, not a super gonna, confident bet.
2: But
0: you're gonna you're gonna like my hot take a bunch because I got yeah. mine queued up. All right, Chris Weidman 8500 taking on Jacare Souza 7700. Weidman is the favorite. Minus one ninety to come back on Jacare plus one fifty. We all wish this fight would happen four years ago. It's happening now. Interesting. Um, I think we all know the breakdown of these next two fights pretty well. I'll go through it real quick before we get to how to play it. Uh, Weidman better wrestler is a black belt. Jacare still way better jujitsu. Can he get Wideman down? Uh, I don't know. It will what and will and then will Jacare gas. Personally, I think this fight stays in the feet. I don't think Jacare can get it down. I don't think Weidman's going to want to go down there early. I think they stay at range. Jacare has more power. Weidman's more technical, in my opinion. I'm going to lean towards the guy I've seen with the better gas tank and who's won a world championship. Give me Chris Weidman at 8,500, but this is a fight I'm probably going to have a little bit of both sides on, but I'm definitely more confident in Weidman. Joe?
1: Wow. Well, um. You know, this is an interesting fight. I mean... Um... I'm a little concerned, you know, by the fact that Weidman has been hurt badly in each of his last three fights. I'm a little concerned about the fact that Weidman is one and two in New York. Um, I'm a little concerned about the fact that Weidman has had a litany of, of injuries, um, which in some way contributed to his inactivity. I'm a little bit concerned that his path to victory is likely taking Jacare down. Um, which is um, maybe not the smartest thing to do with a six-degree black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. On the other hand, um, Jacare is, what, 37, 38, while Weidman's 34. Um, Jacare is 40, not yet? I don't think so. I don't think yet he's 40. I think he's 37 or 38. Um, This is a tough one for me. Um, It's hard for me to be super confident in Weidman. Um, I... I, what's interesting is I could see Jac array while these guys are still dry perhaps hurting Weidman enough um, and then having the skill set to actually finish him where maybe you know in the other fights he did, you know he didn't get finished um, but I think the longer this fight goes it will probably benefit Weidman oh shit um, I've been picking so many dogs here um, I'm gonna take Weidman to win this fight in New York I have a lot of concerns about it I am not gonna have. You know, I may be based on how the lineups fall out and the pricing, have more shares of Jacare, just simply because I think he's a he's a fairly solid GPP play at his price point. But I'm going to pick Weidman to win.
2: Chris, how about you? Um, I I think that a real eye opener for me for on Jacare was um, he had Kelvin Gastelum mounted in the center of the cage and couldn't finish. That amazed me. I, I never would have thought if you would have told me before the fight, if you would have given me some odds that, that were like, I don't know, minus 700, whatever crazy thing. He's like, okay, we're going to give him out. Is he going to finish? Of course, I would have said yes. It didn't happen. Um, he tried, he instead tries to roll off for some armbar when he's, you know, blocked off by the cage and then loses position. It was so strange to me. I um, It dawned on me that a lot of, a lot of um, Jacare's finishes, talking the, the last couple of years, by sub have all taken place um, by, where when he can trap you against the cage and limit your options there. He's very good at that. And, and I'm not saying he couldn't uh, sub these guys out anyway. I'm just wondering if he's, if he's still um, that, that, that same guy who can get it done from anywhere because it, it really did shock me that he wasn't able to finish Gastelum. Um, I understand the hesitancy for Weidman. Joe brought it up. He gets, he gets hurt like in every fight. Um, but I think that, I mean, I think he's going to be the better striker, although Jacare is certainly a game striker. We saw him, even though if he was, when he was dead tired in that, in that, uh, Gaston fight, he was winging some hard right hands that were landing. Um, but on um, that six inch reach advantage too, I think he's going to be able to keep him on the end. He's actually, he actually is good at fighting long. um, you know, if it goes to the ground, can he blow him out? I don't know. I mean, Weidman, you know, is a jiu-jitsu champion in his own right. Not in the not the same caliber as Jacare, certainly, but you know, he knows what he's doing. I I trust Weidman to keep himself safe enough on the ground that he can win this fight on the feet if he wants. And so that's why I'm going one.
0: Uh, Tom Green uh, touched on what Joe said. Um, Weidman tends to shit the bed in New York. He does, but. Yeah, I mean, I wish this fight would happen three or four years ago. I really do. But uh, well, by the way, th- going back to the last fight, uh, come on. I think Kennedy or Joe, you're hoping the fight goes to a striking decision, even in a loss, he gets forty to fifty DK points.
1: Well, you, yeah, I mean, I get it, but you you need you know if all the favorites win, okay. I'm not saying that forty or fifty points is going to do it, but if all of the favorites win and you don't have one dog, you got to look at who's going to go the distance and who's going to score some points. So not a fairy. Well, yeah, I suppose. I mean, yeah,
0: but I, I get it. There, there's up there. Even Jason Knight, who I'm picking, I don't think he's going to finish Rinaldi. There's, there, there's, there's married to that for sure.
1: Look, I, and I'm not, look, I'm not super confident about that pick either. It's just, I'm, I'm, I, you got to look for some dogs here. If you're going to do a stars and scrub scrubs lineup, the mid range is not attractive at all. If you're going to do a stars and scrub lineup, who are your scrubs going to be? You gotta find some. All right,
0: main event time. Derek the Black beats Lewis, good old hot balls himself, sixty six hundred taking on Daniel DC Cormier, ninety six hundred the champ, champ. The champ, champ is a minus seven hundred favorite. Derek Lewis plus four fifty. Derek Lewis fighting for pre- free Popeye's chicken for life. Very important. Um, <laughs> look, we all know this. Uh, Cormier better wrestler, better fighter, technically. Lewis, way bigger, freakishly strong. He gets hurt in all his fights, but hasn't been finished. I don't. I'm trying to look real quick um, you now. Mark Hunt did finish him in the, in, in in the fourth round, um, but he's been hurt in so many fights. Tiberi fight. Volkov had him had him hurt. Travis Brown had him hurt. He's losing to Shamil Abdurakhimov. You know he's losing a fight until he wins. I don't think he does this here against against DC. I think, worth, I think DC should just throw up 100 points here, even if it goes a couple rounds with the takedowns and passing and Lewis getting back up. With DC's hand being broken, I think that makes me feel even better that he's not going to want to try and strike, although that shouldn't be the game plan anyway against Derek Lewis, um, just because one shot could put you out, even though technically Cormier is probably the better technical boxer. But with his hand being broken, I don't think – even if he thought he- that would be a path, he sh- probably won't even go there. Just rely on his wrestling. Do he did to Rumble Johnson. Get a win here. Give me DC. Relatively confidently, I don't think there will be a surprise here. And I think Lewis is going to garner some ownership. So if you like Lewis, um, I think he's actually going to be relatively popular because of the whole hot ball. Oh, yeah. And, and just that he's cheap. So usually in this, in this spot, I'd want to, like, take a couple shots. I think your leverage is either going to be go over the field, go over that 20%, 30% if you really think he's going to win, or no underdogs are going to win and you think he lasts, maybe. Or the other way is go get leverage and totally fade him. That's, I think, your options with this fight. Um, give me DC to roll over Derek Lewis, and good for Derek Lewis, good guy, provide for his family, get that payday, get that money. DC for the victory. Chris, start us off for the main event. Uh,
2: yeah. The, fu- the funny thing about Derek Lewis is. His balls are watching- high. <laughs> well, of course, and his Instagram and all that stuff. But watching his fights back, I'm not, I, I mean, he obviously gets tired. But I don't think he gasses in the sense where he can't fight. That doesn't have anything to do with a back injury. If you look at his um, fight against Martin Tabora, Tabora had his back like three times in that fight. He grappled him a ton, and he was still able to come in the third and, and get uh, the finish. So I think Lewis is going to fight for as long as he's in there. I don't think if his back is okay, I don't think we're going to have to worry about him just, you know, dead stopping because he's tired. So that's one thing. Um, DC, I mean, I should preface all this by saying that I think DC is going to win, but it's boring to just say that. So I'm going to get into it a little bit. Um, I I think that um, DC stands too much in pretty much every fight. He gets tagged hard in pretty much every fight that he that he decides to stand in, um, because I think he tries to prove points or whatever he's trying to do. But um, in, in in short notice fights where he's got stuff to lose, like we saw in that in that uh, fight against Silva, I know that was different. It was like three days. But this is still a short notice fight where he has a lot to lose. So in that fight, he wrestled immediately, and that's all he did. And I could see him doing that here. Uh, a, lot, a lot of single legs, trying to make the big guy balance, take him down. I could see him going to that crucifix position that he got uh, the finish on on uh, Vulcan with, because, um, you know, Lewis is a hard guy to hold down. He basically just uh, um, ultimate warrior uh, bench presses you off of him. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that to DC, but I think DC is going to opt for control positions here and try to tire him out at least to an extent where he's a little bit slower. And, um, that's kind of how I see the fight going until, until Lewis gives his back, maybe trying to sloppily stand up and DC gets the sub.
0: I'll, uh, Rebel Johnson, uh, Joe.
1: Well, I'm not going to have that much of an analysis. Um, this is a <laughs> risky fight though for D- for DC. Um, he already went out once and said he wasn't fighting, you know, for the rest of 2018 due to his hand injury. Now, with that said, aside from whatever he gets for pay-per-view and Reebok and merchandising, his base is 500K. He does not get paid a bonus for winning unless he gets like a fight-of-the-night bonus. So DC will make a minimum of 500K plus, what again, plus Reebok, plus pay-per-view points. Uh, So I think he's saying, you know what? Yeah, I'll fight again in 2018. Um, But if he loses, this could jeopardize – you know, a lot of additional money. So there is a risk here to this fight. And we all know that Derek Lewis has got hands. So I am picking DC to win here. I like DC. I think you should have exposure to him in DraftKings. However, um I would take a few punts with Lewis. I, I, I think you're crazy if you go greater than 5% um, with Lewis. But uh I think you take a few shots. I do see DC getting the win here. Um, but I would definitely uh, look at... You know, five percent, maybe Lewis. If you're playing twenty lineups, put Lewis in one. But I, but I, but I
2: liked Sean's point actually. Um, in order to counterbalance the field, I, I liked that um, that point about either going a lot or not going at all because I do think he's going to be unnecessarily highly owned.
0: Um, yes. Uh, somebody asked. I <laughs> like Popeye supports the, the Texan, not their fellow Louisiana native. Is there any way Big Lewis is able to stuff some of Cormier's takedowns? Somebody said no shot. Look, probably not, but Lewis is so much bigger and stronger that maybe the first one he's able to just pure strength shuck him off. That wouldn't totally stun me, but the second that Cormier
2: tries to chain wrestle, it, it's a problem. I, Cormier, Cormier loves that single leg too. He's very good at it. There's no way that – big Derek Lewis is going to be able to balance for more than five consecutive seconds on one leg. So I, I, I would say no. I would say
0: no. Somebody says, Are there any heavyweights with more finishes in the third round or later than Derek Lewis?
1: Not many. Not, many. Not that I can think
2: of. He's heavyweight. You all Romero is what he is.
0: Yeah. That's, 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 that's what I was thinking of. Okay, guys, that's it for the breakdown. Let's get to the hot takes. My hot takes since I have – Queued up. The favorites on this card, I don't know what I, you know, I'm gonna go super hot take. I might miss by one. You said 11
1: and two, didn't you?
0: I, I said, oh yeah, I was gonna say 12 and one. Will you let me get away with 11 and two? Is a hot yeah, take?
1: I think that's a hot take.
0: 11 and two? Favorites go 11 and two on this card.
1: So I'm not gonna do that because I'm not, I'm, although I do believe that number will go over. I'm going to say that there will be at least two fighters that are currently at plus 200 odds that will win tomorrow. Okay. Plus 200 or higher that will win tomorrow.
0: Lima's not there, so I can't. I, I can't Lima's I plus
1: can't 180 play. right now.
0: Yeah, so if you went plus 180, I think you, you had a great shot. Yeah.
1: No, plus 200 or higher right now.
0: Chris, what do you got?
1: Yeah,
2: uh, you took mine, Sean. Mine was going to have to do with the favorites as well. But. Um, I th- I think I will go. Where am I gonna go? Okay. How about um, Halabala and Rinaldi both get
1: stoppage wins? Ooh, that's big.
3: Hala well, and that, Ronaldo.
1: My hot take happens. You realize that, right? Holy crap! If that happen, if that happens, my hot take happens. So we both we both hit our hot takes. I can.
0: I'll let you say. Just Rinaldi getting a stoppage win is. Well, I want a- both.
1: All okay. right, go for
0: it. Holy okay. crap! Wow, you need, you need to go on your local online. Your local, well, you're in Jersey, go to your local okay. sports book or go online. I need you to find the parlay for five bucks. We're in all the inside the distance, and and what was the other one? And and uh, I'll, I'll tell you
2: what, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll do it on Gamble Master this week. I'll post it
0: absolutely. Post that up. All right, guys, Any, anything to add for this card?
1: No, that's it. We'll see you guys next week in Denver. Sean and I will be uh, tweeting out from uh, MSG tomorrow night. Um, and uh, if you don't win, if we don't win, I hope you win.
0: Let's put a bow on it. Rotowire.com slash free 10-day trial. No credit card required. Follow all of us on Twitter, at RealChrisOlson, at Sun Tzu, at the DFS Sniper with one S. Chris, anything to add? Any parting shots?
2: Uh, I'm, I'm just going to say, uh, because I was looking at, uh, you know, I, I get to control all the analytics and stuff on the, on the rotor wire. Um, we're growing pretty, um, pretty fast here. We used to get like an average of just over 200. Now our average is in the mid three hundreds and our, um, UFC 229, uh, broke 400 views. So we're growing very quickly. We appreciate it. I love all you guys. I love talking fights with all you guys. Thanks so much for the support. And, uh, Stick
0: around. You know, me, me and you really didn't get into it, which is what I think people really enjoy. Although, no, we had, we had one good one in there. So yeah. you know what? I, I, I hope we delivered. It's always fun, all in good fun. Um, I think it helps everyone's game. Guys, in terms of growing, you should take this this video, if you're watching it, send it to a friend, and they send it to two friends. And they send it to two friends, and then me and, and me, Joe and Chris are on Sirius XM.
1: There you go. There it, it guys, works. take don't care. Don't Peace good out. Luck
0: in, good luck in your contest. We will see you at UFC two thirty, and then next week for Denver in Denver. Good luck, guys.
3: Yep. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.